Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. What's up, everybody? This is Wits and Roz here at the Sporting Edge. And, of course, we are better than ever. But the sports world, not so much. I'm a little frustrated with the entirety of the sports world. And this is good. This is... We're coming close to the NFL season. In fact, we're less than two weeks away. So that's exciting. And you should download a free audiobook, audibletrials.com. For the next couple weeks, I'll be on Audible Yeah, so remember, while I'm in a whirlwind of upsetness with this sports industry that we so much love, Audible Books. Dot com slash sporting edge. Super important. But anyways, back to my little bit of a little bit of a rant. This is on the most minor of scale. And it's been happening for a long time in Major League Baseball. And you know what? It's okay. I, I understand there are times in a game where a batter needs to be hit by a pitch. 100%. I was totally against Bryce Harper earlier in the season taking the hit by pitch after his home run performance off of Strickland. And most recently, being in the last couple of days, Gary Sanchez hit a home run that led to him getting hit by a pitch, which then came into the Miguel Cabrera fight. Now, it's ridiculous, pitchers. You give up a home run, that's your loss. You threw a crappy pitch, and the batter was able to tee off on you. So you know what? Let it rest. Go strike him out. Why waste another? Why put him on base again? You're only helping his on-base percentage, you know? And you're only hurting your team. They're giving a better opportunity to score a run. But anyways, this fight was funny to me, Xander, because me and you, you more than me, the Krav Maga expert, <laughs> we watched it a little bit. Gil Cabrera, weak. And he's a big dude. But he, he threw some big dude. weak punches. Yeah, it was kind of hard to tell. Like, Was he afraid of throwing a punch? Is, that's it didn't what I, seem like I mean, the catcher was on the ground and he tried to take him down. It was kind of... The catcher a, took him down. Yeah, I know. Romain took him down. It wasn't... He didn't really take him down that much. Oh, yeah. It was the two quick Miguel Cabrera ended up on top of him anyway, so it was kind of... After taking two gut punches, that would have made me puke. I don't know. I, mean, I, I agree with you. I thought the whole thing was kind of ridiculous. I think throwing at somebody hits a home run is kind of like the equivalent of throwing a temper tantrum in baseball. Or really Daniel no. Cormier's reaction after losing to John Jones, which... Oh, that's another... Which we're going to get to here in a second. But it, it's a nothing now. There was eight ejections. There will be suspensions. But can we just... Tell pitchers, this is more of a take it easy, take it easy yeah, segment. This whole first segment is about taking it easy. I, yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for the unwritten kind of game within the game of baseball. Sometimes you hit somebody, but I think when they hit a home on home run off you, it's just not necessary. It's kind of childish, selfish, whatever you want to call it, and that's what led to the big brawl, and it's just... 
obviously the occasional brawl is kind of fun to see, but I mean, guys, it's just not worth it really. And especially um, the Yankees obviously fighting for playoff position. I don't know how much about the Tigers anymore, but yeah, the Yankees got to stay safe. You don't want to risk gotta, anybody. I mean, they're five. What are they? Five games back in the division now. Like they got to make some moves. I know they're first place in the wild card, but. There's eight or nine teams that have a legitimate shot. So I mean, One being the be Angels, which is impressive. Very impressive. But that's our Take It Easy on the Yankees and the Tigers. More for the Tigers there and Miguel Cabrera. Take it easy and go to some fighting classes in the offseason, Cabrera, because that was weak. I think me and Xander might have stood a chance against you. My next one, which we alluded to, John Jones. Take it easy on the drugs, my friend. Not only did we praise you. Not only did we hold you to such a high standard, my friend Xander is speechless for the time being because of how much uh, admiration he had for you. And now, you are no longer the champion, and now your career most likely is over. I'm like still speechless. I I can't even speak. It's just, it's so weird, you know, a a couple weeks ago, on top of the world, I was so happy for John Jones. Seemed cleaned up. Because one, I mean, he'd been on top, and he fell basically all the way to the bottom, Fought his way back, clawed his way back, and won, and everything was great. And then we found out that you know he basically cheated, took steroids. I was hoping, hoping coke. I was, I was so I was hoping. hoping coke. Yeah, I wanted the failed drug test to be something that wouldn't have led Weed. me to believe that it affected the outcome of the fight. Adderall, something, yeah, but anything steroids. other than steroids. And I think this just leaves the light heavyweight division in a freaking mess. Absolute shambles. But I have a suggestion. And I hope Dana White's listening, which he probably isn't, but I hope he is. Tournament. WWE style, but only in MMA format now. For the for the belt. Don't give it to Cormier. I am over... You know what? I agree with you. Do I, not give it to him. I don't know about him. the tournament, but I'm, I can't give it to Cormier. You can't give it to him. He can't take it twice because of stupid, stupid John Jones. And I understand, oh, he took the steroids, so he's stronger, that's why he won... I think that kick would have knocked out anybody at any level. I mean, I could have thrown that kick if it connected the same way Cormier would have been out. Right. But I think what they do now for this division is they do a tournament. March Madness style, any way you want to look at it, Armageddon, whatever, the Royal Rumble, whoever wins it is the new champion of this division. I, I think that'd be really cool because, like, You'll I, don't get viewership. Want, I don't want to see Cormier get the belt. Not saying Make him that, earn it. Not saying that it doesn't belong to him now, but... I think the belt needs to be taken. It can't be given. And I think, you know, John Jones took it and it found out that it wasn't true. So the belt is in a place of its own right now and it needs to be taken by someone. And I just, I don't think they should give it to Cormier. No, I, I don't think he's deserving of it. He has been just beaten twice. And it hasn't been close either time. Was the fight a little bit better this time? Yeah. But John Jones worked him. And really, this is, again, take it easy, John Jones, on the drugs. And But you know what? As take much it easy, as I, MMA, on As much as I trashed Cormier, Cormier I think his statement, I, I really liked. I'm going to read it. He said, after he found out about Jones, he said, it's hard to find words to describe how I'm feeling right now. I'm disappointed to hear the news. It's very emotional. We as athletes are entitled to due process, and I will refrain from saying much more until I know exactly what happened. In my mind, on the 29th, I competed and I lost. I thought John Jones was the better man that day. I don't know what to think anymore. I can't believe we're going through all this again. We'll see what happens next. Thanks to all my fans who supported me, and I love you all very much. Very classy response by him, but I agree. As a fan, I am in a dark place right now. I can't imagine what he's feeling like, you know, being that close to winning a belt and then having this happen. Like you said, again, another problem, another, you know, drug problem, another fight with John Jones, and it's it's all about all a bunch of lies. 
Absolutely. Losing faith. So we're taking it easy on the MMA, and of course, until the fight, which we will be covering later in the show. But I got an NFL take it easy, all right? Jesus. An NFL take it easy right before the season starts, just so we could air out the baggage and get on to good football. There's a couple of things. One, quarterbacks, take it easy. I don't know what's going on in the league, but there cannot be a five-quarterback league. I need somebody like Blake Bortles to figure out why he sucks. I need Jameis Winston this year to be the MVP. I need quarterbacks around. The, there's 32 of them. There's only 32. Cuddy, I like Cuddy. There's 7 billion people in the world, Xander. I need 32 good quarterbacks so it's competitive all the way through. You can't get it. I can't. And this leads to another quarterback. And I want you to know, because I have limited time to say this. I love what Khalil Mack, I love what the NFL is doing about this, the national anthem and everything. And what I'm about to say about Kaepernick has nothing to do with race and has nothing to do with any judgment outside of the fact that I don't think he's a good football player anymore. Khalil Mack took a knee. Every team in the league would sign him to the highest contract of all time if he was a free agent next year. Colin Kaepernick was fantastic. He beat the crap out of my Packers and everything. And there's nothing that I can say to take that back. I watched my team lose playoff after playoff. But Kaepernick no longer can play in the NFL. This is not about the distraction, which he would cause. But I would sign every other player that took the knee this year because they are valuable to a team, and at this point, I don't think Kaepernick is. That's all I have to say about Take It Easy NFL. Let's get back to it. We're back in two weeks with the NFL, but that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. Take it easy, and we'll be back right after the break. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. We are taking it easy ourselves here at the Sporting Edge after that bit of a rant in the first session. But there is still something irking me a little bit. And it's the biggest news that happened this week. It's August, Sander. The only thing you should worry about is college football, the NFL, and upcoming Major League Baseball playoffs. Or postseason. And we got lucky. We were given a gift, right? That we have McGregor and Mayweather this weekend. That's just a gift. That Christ- just adds to our Christmas year. Christmas in August. Christmas in August. We're done with the golf tournaments. Tennis, there's the U.S. Open coming up, but you have to be a tennis fan to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So we got what we got. The NBA, I don't want to hear from you until next June at this point. And I now don't want to hear from you until five years down the road. That letter saying, how have you been? Here's a wedding invitation. Come to a game on me. Five years down the road. Kyrie Irving made the biggest mistake he'll ever make his entire career. And you can get on me because I thought the LeBron move was a great move, and it was because he won two championships. Kyrie Irving will never sniff an NBA title appearance, will never sniff an Eastern Conference championship win until either LeBron is dead, retired, or he sucks it up and goes and joins Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green in Golden State. Or the Lakers. No. Because he doesn't want to play with LeBron again. And that's where LeBron's going to end up going. But I don't understand what his plan is. And do you really think Boston now is the Eastern Conference favorite? What was the trade? You traded two point guards that can't play defense. Well, uh, it is tough. Boston, I, I just don't think they could win with Isaiah Thomas. As much as I hate to say it, I do love Isaiah Thomas, but... I think he's a better scorer than Kurt, or he Kyrie. Might. It's just so tough. Like it's, that might be better for the the Cavs. It might be, but my my thing always comes back to defense and the fact that Isaiah Thomas cannot play defense at an NBA caliber level. And I think it's fine when you're the best team, second best team in the league, playing everybody else. But once you get to the top, 
You're playing Golden State. You can't have a guy like Isaiah Thomas out there. I don't care if he scores 50 points a game because you're giving up 150 to a team like the Warriors. It just doesn't matter. But Kyrie Irving, I agree, is also a horrible defender, but I think that more comes from effort than actual execution. Isaiah Thomas, for me, just simply does not have the physical skills to be a good defender. He's undersized, and this is nothing taken away from his offensive abilities, which you saw last year were pretty second to none at the point guard position and all across the league. So for me, you know, Kyrie obviously wanted out of Cleveland. He wanted this trade. But the Celtics, I'm I'm up in the air. I don't know how this trade is going to work out, but I'm not set in stone on any given way. They did give up the protected pick. Which, which is interesting. And interesting. We'll, get to, well, yeah, we'll get to that. Because I think where Boston can make the difference, and me and you talked about it in the whole sports world talked about it, is if they do make this move they're talking about for Anthony Davis. Right. Because that is, for me, I think he's a top five player. It gets a little hazy here and there, the five, six, seven. Yeah. I mean, you've got LeBron, KD, and Kawhi, and Harden. I think are the four. Russell. And then Russell Westbrook, which will be interesting when he has another star again on his team. Sure. Because I don't know if he was the top five with Kevin Durant. Right. Okay. So... Anthony Davis, I believe, is definitely in that hazy zone and I think would make the difference for that team. Once it puts an athletic body who's not just a big man, but he can take care of the ball, distribute it, dribble it, as well as score the way he does. I think that makes the Celtics team actually dangerous for the Cavs. But right now, they're not. They don't think they're... they, They have four players remaining from their playoff team last year. That's it. I mean... And it, what do they have? Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, uh, Jason Tatum coming in. Jason Tatum, but they don't yeah. have Avery Bradley anymore. They don't have Isaiah Thomas. They gave Jamison Crowder to. I don't. Know, it's not, his name's Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. I'm thinking of the Washington Redskins Crowder. Anyways, they gave Jay Crowder to the Caps, who I think is that's one of the best parts of the entire trade. He's underrated. One I of the best scorers Jake for that Crowder team. Crowder is underrated, but I oh, think yeah. I think the Celtics have the pieces to replace him. That's my thing with them. They're not short on, you know, one ball, a long bench. It's one ball. Still. It, you know, it's one ball. But I, I just I, I like Jay Crowder, and I think he's a great role player. But I don't think it's going to affect this team that much. I love Jason Tatum coming up in this uh, in this I organization. Yeah, I, I think mean, he's just going to be better for it. it. Sometimes you forget kind of the unproven guys, but the guys who do have a chance. Because, I mean, everybody started off as a draft pick. Everybody started off as a rookie. So at a certain point, there's going to be some guys who rise to the top. And who's to say that Jason Tatum isn't going to be one of the top 20 players in the NBA in the next coming years? I, mean, I, I would hope so, because that goes into this discussion we want to have about the draft picks. I'm all for... You're leaving from high school, going to the pros, which isn't allowed anymore. I'm all for you deciding to leave after your first year in college to go to the pros. I don't need you to stay in college for me because I understand the insurance factor there. I understand that you could be injured. You could tear an ACL, and you'll never even make it to the next level. So dip out as early as you can. My question is, is who is that valuable these days? I think Andrew Wiggins will go down as the most valuable first pick of the most recent draft, of this maybe decade. You can't name a player right now who, I mean, Malcolm Brogdon won Rookie of the Year. I wouldn't build a team with him. And I don't think it, there ever will be a point where you build a team with him. You have Anthony Bennett, who's taken number one. He's not in the league anymore. I just think the draft is such a crapshoot, even through one and two, Jaleel Okafor, not even not even remotely a piece that you build around. He's like a role player that you consider maybe signing. Same with Nerlens Noel. 
Just these players that you expected. I mean, I, I mean Nerlens Mall was not a number one overall pick. But he was until he was supposed to be until but, he I mean, got hurt. To play to your point, seven. not to say they couldn't be great, but Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have you know. They don't get four years combined. We don't speak of their names on this show anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. It is kind of. I think Lonzo Ball has the best shot right now to prove that. And Lonzo Ball and Jason Tatum. I think this draft class. I really hope smacks me in the mouth. I want them to be the best draft class coming in since the 2003 draft. But it really, it's not super important to me because what they're going to take Marvin Bagley Jr. or they're going to take Michael Porter Jr. who. They have the Bulls taking with the number one overall pick. They think the Bulls are going to be dead last this year. We'll see how that goes. But those guys, I don't. Those guys, I haven't even seen them play a minute of college ball. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You never know. It's it's a bunch of speculation. But the league, right? I think the one of the reasons right now you think the draft is is kind of just like a bunch of crap is because we do have a couple teams that are so filled with superstars that it's hard to think that what like a top draft pick could make a difference to any team that would have that pick. So. It's tough. I mean, except in possibly our, Cleveland getting the number one pick with that. Last time they did it, they pick. traded away, traded him away for, or they traded him away for Kevin Love. I know, but I, I think saying, Wiggins on this team now opened the floor with no Kyrie. Oh, that is a great looking Cavs team, but they don't have Wiggins anymore. And I think that Timberwolves team is going to benefit from that. I mean, I kind of wonder what this protected pick might do to LeBron. Staying or leaving Cleveland? Well, he could pull the Shabazz Napier move. He could be like, "Hey, Cleveland, I really want you to draft this guy." But or, "Hey, Miami, I really want you to draft this guy." But I'm going to go back to Cleveland. Well, I then, honestly, I don't think it matters that much. You know, for Cleveland, obviously, I want him to stay. But if he does leave, then they have a head start on the rebuilding period. They have the number one pick, so that I mean, worked well with Anthony Bennett. I mean. They, you'd rather have the number one pick than no pick at all. <laughs> I mean, in that draft, Anthony Bennett is a no pick right now. He's Anthony, not even in the league. And what about Kyrie Irving? He was number one pick. They won a championship. And he wanted him. to leave. But they won, because a, they won a ring. They won the first could, ring. Can you center sports. a team around Kyrie Irving? No. Okay. But they won a ring with him. Well, with He LeBron. was a major fan. Was Kyrie ever going to win a ring in Cleveland if LeBron didn't come back? No. Thank but you. But would LeBron have won without Kyrie? No. Yes. He won no. two before without Kyrie. Not in Cleveland. Not against Golden State. Kyrie. He needed Kevin Love. He needed James Jones, who hit five threes in one game during that series. Player in that series two years ago. Without that block, Kyrie doesn't have the opportunity for that three pointer to. What's the difference? All I'm saying is Kyrie wasn't on the floor. I'm over the fact that Kyrie wanted to leave because there's no shot. There is not a team in this league that can beat the Warriors now. There is no point. So this next season, you being pissed about the trade is immaterial. Like it's just like we're going to war. If you're in war, there's two sides. You're going to win. You're going to lose. And if you're a bystander, then you're not helping the war. You're only making it worse. Now everyone's a bystander. Kyrie is now a bystander. The Celtics now a bystander. There's nobody who can beat this Warriors team. I think Curry could go down, and there's still nobody who beats this Warriors team. Probably not. But that wasn't going to change in either case. Kyrie staying and them working on. Building that team again through free agency, keeping LeBron. Because I don't want LeBron on the West Coast. Because then there's no point to the Eastern Conference. (laughs) There's just no point. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge where we love competition and we feel the NBA brings us none of it. Follow us on our social media and our other websites. We'll be back after the break, everybody. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report. 
bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up, what's up, everybody? It is finally here. We are super excited as both the Buffer Brothers, which we found out during the John Jones fight and Cormier fight, are going to be in the same ring together for this. Bruce and... Bruce and Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. I'm very excited because we're going to get both of them. It's are you ready to... What is it? Are you ready to rumble? And it's... Uh, that's it's not time. Even, it's time. All right. I'm very excited. That's the moment we've been waiting for. I'm sure you guys are probably more excited about the fight that's on hand. And it's Mayweather versus McGregor time. I dyed my hair red this week, everybody. I am in tune with my Irish culture and heritage. It is over. The Mayweather reign will come to an end tonight. And I am so, so excited. Are you excited for that? I'm excited. I'm very excited. Um, I'm excited the most because of the uncertainty. Is you know, Mayweather, which I think we've helped produce. I, yeah, we're a little part of the sports media. <laughs> I think we helped produce a little bit of uncertainty because when it started, wasn't it Mayweather is easily just going to walk away with this? And well, a lot of people have said that from the beginning and haven't strayed from that. Okay, but um, but we've turned some heads, uh, maybe. Um, I had it hasn't really been turned. I just am anticipating very nervously what's going to happen. It's kind of a good nervous and anxious, I would say, because I could see both of them winning, and I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't want to bet on McGregor because I don't think he's going to win, but at the same time, I don't know. Plus four hundred, I, I really sexy. don't like betting on somebody's minus five hundred. It just isn't my. Isn't plus, my style. Plus four hundred is sexy to me, and do I, I don't have a bookie but, right now, so I'm in some trouble there. But I know me and you have a little bit of a side bet going on. Yeah, a little one. We got a little one, very tiny, not compared to the million dollar bet that was just put down at the end or in the middle of the week this week. When it comes to a million dollar bet put on Mayweather, which they think is going to shift the lines, that's a lot of money. That would have me nervous. Even if it was, well, I think it even could, if McGregor it, had one leg, one arm. And it was still the same Mayweather. A million dollars is a lot of money. Well, to people who are betting a million dollars probably can afford to to lose it. <laughs> you, don't think, you think they sweat even a little bit? I'm, yeah, I would guess. But, I mean, if you're willing to just put a million dollars on something, just one sporting event, I would assume that you have enough money probably to... To be okay if you lose, that's fair. I want to bring up. I want to bring up something about why I know McGregor's going to win this fight. Just like you know, Cormier was going to win. Just like I knew that it was going to be a good fight, Cormier versus Jones. Didn't pick a. I just said Cormier was my pick. He didn't win, but I know McGregor's going to win. Cockiness, confidence, two different things, right? One, one that cannot mix with the other, and confidence usually wins out. Cockiness, you get yourself into trouble and you end up losing. Mayweather 
through his long, illustrious, successful, perfect, 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 career. perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, never lost. Eh, decisions in boxing, I don't even know anymore. Okay. Uh, Joe Horn won. Fair. Maybe Sean Mosley was did actually beat Mayweather in that one fight. Fair. He's cocky. He's been tis, cocky. Tis on the WBO. Tis, tis on the WBO. But Mayweather has always been cocky. No but doubt. But with good reason. You can't say that he's been cocky and not backed it up. He's soft. How is he soft? Because you don't Defensive. like the way he boxes? Because he's the best at what he does? He's never been like knocked out. He's, he's never taken a real punch. McGregor, confident. Confident man. Has lost. Has been gracious in defeat. Has been gracious to opponents after defeat and after victory. And has been confident. He knows what he's worth. And he comes in saying he's going to knock him out in four seconds. That's confident. As opposed to Mayweather's going to issue an 100% guarantee he KOs McGregor. That's just cockiness because he thinks he can. There's a fine. You just like McGregor a lot better than Mayweather. McGregor's going to knock him out in four seconds over the fact. Four seconds? In four seconds. Over the fact that Mayweather issued this 100% guarantee. I am very excited on both ends because if they bo- if either one of them loses, if McGregor loses, I'm going to take it. It's a slap to me because I've been so Team McGregor. I uh, hashtag McGregor hashtag whatever you want. I wish I was in his posse. I wish I was walking in, but I'm not rich enough to be that. Mayweather, I want to see what happens because he's never lost, and I want to see if he just throws the most epic of tantrums. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because we have really nothing to go off of. Nothing. He's never lost. Arguably. Arguably. Now that this is like when you have a dirty secret in high school, and it's like through text, some pictures you sent, and it pops back up in the world, and you you're embarrassed by it. <laughs> Sean Mosley arguably beat Mayweather. Okay, that's fair, but I mean, you know, and Mayweather has never officially lost, so I don't know. I mean, and this is not like all other the boxing matches that he's ever had. This is what a lot of people saying is a publicity stunt. So if he were to lose, I really don't know what would happen. But I, I don't think he's going to lose. I See, now, there we go. I'm glad you picked your side. Because I was curious if you were swaying over to me a little bit. But I think I think we, me and you have discussed this. If for some reason there isn't a knockout, which I just think is the only way this fight should be determined. And it's not in the rules. There are certain set rounds or certain set time. So there is the possibility for a decision. And me and you have talked about this since the Pacquiao-Horn fight. I think if McGregor lasts the entire way, I think they're going to give it to him. I, I don't see it that way. Oh. I, I think McGregor needs... If he if this fight is going to end in a knockout, I think for McGregor, needs to happen, I think, within the first five rounds. Because I think if that I think McGregor is going to come out very feisty. Oh, are you worried about his endurance? Is that what you're about to tell me? I'm not worried about his endurance. I just don't think it's as good as Floyd's. And there's there's a reason why he's undefeated. There's a reason why he's one of the best boxers in history. He's the best at what he does. And I just don't... I don't think... If, if Conor McGregor doesn't knock him out early, then I don't think he ever will. That's fair. I think... the I think the endurance... This It goes either way. You can look at it in the fact that Mayweather's 40 years old now. I mean, if at 40 years old, I'm still balling like I do right now on the basketball court, I'll be a happy man. But I would never be able to throw punches as fast as Mayweather does at this age. But maybe, when was the last time Mayweather was in the ring? That's the real question. Like, it's been a while. It's I'm, always a while, though. They get like one fight sure. a year. That's maybe fair. Two fights, maybe. That's soft. And that's not how the MMA works. 
And they're yeah, more they don't built. fight that much either. Two or but, three times a year, maybe. It's more than once. And but, you know what's upset? But Floyd was, like, retired. He's not, like, he's not in it. He's not, like, 25 years old. Like, fight, you know, he, people want to fight him. He's retired. He's like, all right, I'll fight you, and I'll win. He only fights when he thinks he's, get, like, absolutely going to win. When, like, he wouldn't... Who, who is he he's not, not going to fight, fight to? He, w- he won't accept Pacquiao's fight again. Why should he? He should. He didn't. That's another one he that could be argued. Pacquiao. I don't know. You are full of crap. I'm not full of crap. Pacquiao... Pacquiao fought brilliantly in that fight as well. There was no, no knockout. Yes, Floyd he did. Floyd clearly beat him. It was I not remember clear- the fight. It was- so do I. There was skepticism and criticism about the way it was decided. It was a shitty fight because it wasn't fun to watch, but Mayweather still beat him. It was very obvious. It wasn't fun to watch. Take that fight again. No. Why should he? I think he should. Why? Because he's already Pac- beaten him. What does he have to prove? That he can knock him out. No, he doesn't have to knock him out. That's not that's not how the sport is. You don't have to win every fight by knockout. I think you do. To prove no. to this prove something. Boxing and the UFC, two different things. That's fair. But I think if McGregor were to win this, this is a great point since we wanted to talk about it. If McGregor is to win this, Mayweather instantly wants to fight him again. But I don't if, think he can. I think this is a one-time deal. If I think if Mayweather, Mayweather loses, has so much money and influence and power that he would find a way to get a second fight. I don't think I don't know if he'd want one. I think, I think this is a one-time deal because it's this isn't for him. Is this the end of Mayweather? I just think it in is. General? I don't think this fight isn't made for him. If he loses this fight, I think he's done. I don't think he wants to fight McGregor again because why should he fight him again if he didn't beat him the first time? I just think he's this is it. He thinks he's gonna win a hundred percent, and if he doesn't, then. Two worlds collide and it's over. I just, I think, well, I think boxing's it. over as a whole. If boxing was if, over ten years ago, if Mayweather, I mean, it's really over if fair. Mayweather loses. It's, yeah, I mean, there is no legitimacy to the sport if McGregor comes in. I mean, what six months of training? Right, seven months and maybe. All these, all these question marks. That's why I'm excited. But the one thing I hate about these fights. Is the pre-fight is usually better than the actual fight. I know. That's what happened with Pacquiao Mayweather. I remember this. That fight was hyped up. Yeah, for, but what did you think about Pacquiao Horn? That was pretty... I had a great time watching it. And but, that, loved, but that was the thing. There was no hype. I, well, we went over to Landon's house. I didn't even know the fight was going on. Okay. And it was a pretty good fight. So I was like, wow, that was awesome. The Jones-Cormier one was more... That did sense. live up to the hype. Lived up to hype. But McGregor I, will live up to the hype. I hope he does. I, I think so. this is not a boring fight. Alright, we'll see. We're buying, we're watching, we're doing whatever it takes. I think a lot, of, a lot of the experts have Floyd. I think every expert has Floyd, but hmm. maybe Dana White can spark some UFC experts to oh, jump it on. It doesn't matter who has who, it's just about who actually goes out and wins, but That's I don't fair. know. It's lot, game time. A lot of uncertainty. We've talked about it. I am full-blown Irish. My mother, Miss Case, I am going to represent our Irish blood. We are going to win this weekend. We are going to knock out McGregor, and I cannot be more excited for it. That's all the time we have this segment, everybody, everybody here at the Sporting Edge. This is Wits and Rise, and you know where to find us on LibertyTalk.fm. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? This is the Sporting Edge. And it's been a while since we've broken down Major League Baseball power rankings, so we thought we'd bring that to you this week. It's been about a month, I think. It's been a while. And since we know football is about to just absolutely consume us with the college football season starting next week, with mm-hmm. the NFL starting the week after, 
we thought before Major League Baseball postseason, we'd kind of give you where we stand right now as well as go over where the power rankings are holding up. So obviously number one, and probably the most interesting story because of this week, is the Los Angeles Dodgers. And we saw Rich Hill lose a perfect game, which is something I wanted to rant about early in the show because how can your team let you down like that? Logan Forsythe. And a tough play. It was before Logan Forsythe. How do you not score a run? You know what? That's another thing. If you were to tell me that the Dodgers, who have the best record in baseball by 17 games, had a perfect game going to the ninth, and we're going to lose that game, it'd be like, probably not. No. But. And it, so the it, the perfect game, just so everyone's clear, did end on Logan Forsyth's play, but I. But the no I'm hitter appalled. was still going. And the no hitter was still going. And then you just do what is. <laughs> I, I'm still a little struck. That was pretty cool. It came out for the 10th and gives up a walk off homer to yeah. lose 1 nothing. That pretty, hurts. pretty insane game, but I was wondering was this was this maybe going to be the first perfect game ever that ended on the offensive side of the ball? That would have been I thought about that if Rich Hill gets out of the ninth and they score. Yeah, um, that's that's one incredible would have been one incredible feat, and I was hurting. Well, you know what though, they're the away team. It would have to have been a 10-inning perfect game. Would have had to have been a 10-inning perfect game. But, and yeah. That would have been exciting in itself. Arguably the longest perfect game. That's but that Chase Utley play in the eighth inning was, was one of the better plays I've ever seen. And that's what, you gotta do. Man. that's what you got to do for your pitcher. That, just like that Mark Burley with yeah, that play. Dwayne Wise. Jordan, or what was his name? Dwayne Wise. Dwayne Wise. I'm going to call him Jordan Wise. I'm just mixing up names left and right today. But Dwayne Wise... Making that spectacular catch out in the outfield. Saving Burley's perfect game. You need those things, but you also need the runs. Dodgers are by far in the way, regardless of this game, our number one. Yeah. But I don't find to be my number one. Who is your number one? My number one is the number two team, the Washington Nationals. Yeah. And a lot of injuries. Horrible. It's okay. Scherzer's First a little, round out. Scherzer's a little bit behind on his neck injury. Strasburg is... Always behind on being healthy. <laughs> we'll figure it out. And we're to figure out. We got a great third and Gio Gonzalez. I I like him there. I don't care what anybody else says. That's a great three to have, especially going up against a Dodgers pitching rotation, which is spectacular, right? We got Kershaw, who undoubtedly could be the best pitcher of all time, but coming off of a back injury going into the postseason. So once again, you don't know much about the Dodgers rotation either, and that's what their downfall has been in the postseason. Yes, they haven't hit as well, but their pitching rotation has let them down as well. And I think that can't happen against the Nationals, and I don't think they're a first-round out. Unless they're playing the Cubs, then of course they're a first-round out. But I think the Nationals, offensively, is the best team in a long time going into this postseason. And there are the hitters on the Dodgers that make them scary, but one through five... I almost don't ever want to show up and pitch against them. And obviously, I don't have that opportunity since I was never signed to a Major League Baseball team. But that is a scary, scary five. And they get Trey Turner back. Harper's going to come back, and he's going to be the stallion he always has been. That's a scary team, Xander. And they're my number one. And I think I do sell my Cubs winning the World Series again. But I, if I were readjusting... I would consider the Nationals for that position. I almost never consider the Nationals because, to me... They're just that team that doesn't get it done in the playoffs. Never really have. I don't know if they ever will. It doesn't really matter, you know, how powerful their lineup is because playoff baseball is about one thing. It's about pitching. And if you can't get it done on the mound, you're not going to win. Um, you know, we've seen it, the Dodgers, the past five or six years. Clayton Kershaw hasn't been that good in the playoffs. And how's their success been? Not very good. 
But the same goes for Moat. That went for all of David Price's teams. When he's expected to be there, he he has one of the worst. He has one of the worst. He's 0-8, I think, in the five seventy-three ERA in the postseason. Just put like, and that, and the reason I said that is because I am looking at this list. I'm curious of where teams are falling and teams I expect to be in the postseason. And that's when the talk about the Red Sox, who's five, they're going to be there. Is he going to show up? They have Sale, which is the difference. Sale, I think he might be the best pitcher in baseball right now. But except now, his last two outings, which, which have been rough, horrible, and absolutely fair. But has he? He hasn't seen the postseason. So, can he fall in line with these pitchers who just don't perform in the postseason? Uh, it's tough, yeah. I mean, one of the teams I think that has a big leg up right now is the Indians. A team that is I, a, a bunch of veterans, a bunch of great bats. Fourth on the power rankings. And they have who they have a guy who last year was the best pitcher in the playoffs by far, I think. Not even close. Corey Kluber. I don't think there's an argument. It's it was absolutely not as good as the Bumgarner year. But it was no. You could. It was getting there. He, had he won was the, the World Series. Um, and the thing with the Indians, I mean, they do have a few great pitchers, but Salazar, Carrasco, Salazar, kind of put him in the same boat as Strasburg. Never really healthy. But they, a lot is talking about how Salazar looks like he's back on track. He looks good. That's a tough rotation. I mean, We've got a lot of peripherals right now, but we'll see when the actual lights post, turn that's, on. It's amazing what happens when the postseason starts, and I guess that brings in the Cubs into discussion, who are eleven games, twelve games over five hundred. Mm-hmm. They're moving and grooving again, and with Arietta being the lead pitcher the second half of the season, I think Arietta is going to be a key to the playoffs. I think he's ready. I hope he is. I because I don't. Yeah, honestly, he's average during the regular season. Doesn't matter because all you need to do is make the dance. Especially since I don't think he's been average since returning. But from the All Star break, you know, it doesn't matter to me. But I think Lester. I think you basically know who you're getting. You're getting a solid guy who has won World Series, who knows what he's doing. I don't think you're going to get a. You're not going to get a Chris Sale like nine inning, fourteen strikeout performance from him. But I don't think you're going to get hurt more often than not. Which he's shown. I mean, the guy's won three World Series. He's been a part of some good teams. No, absolutely. Jose Quintana. It'll be his first experience. It's question mark. Just like Chris Sale playing on a very crappy White Sox team. So I can't really say much about him. But I think Jake Arrieta probably penciled into that third spot. Um, Maybe. I don't think it's going to be Kyle Hendricks. I don't know. I think they keep. I think what's nice is Hendricks has been having a decent second half of the season as well. And really hasn't been having a bad year overall. I think it's nice that they're going to have four pitchers in there. I mean, I wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't Nobody give Lackey. says you have to do three, but Nobody. usually that's what you go with. Yeah, and I'm never going to bring Lackey the ball again. I mean, <laughs> this is it. He has the regular season. He has the opportunity for his team to win him a World Series ring. It's time for him to pack it up and go. Um, but yeah, the Cubs don't really scare me as much as last year. But Who, but I just like the idea of them making. If right. they make it into the postseason, they've shown me that they can do it. So now that they're at that caliber for me, it doesn't really matter. I mean. The Red Sox, to me, are a scary team. The Yankees um, the at Indians, all? The Yankees Aaron well, Judge scarier than the Cubs. Aaron, but Aaron Judge on the strikeout streak. I know that won't have any implications in the postseason. Right. But. And, uh, you know, Luis Severino, unbelievable. What kind of a turnaround he's had this year. You know, he was a guy last year, kind of bounced around the starting rotation, really never found a groove. This year has been unbelievable. Fastball in the upper 90s has been, you know, dominating – um, teams and is the top of this rotation, so it's going to be interesting to see him as a still a pretty young guy with this Yankees team. A lot of team, a lot of people, including myself, are sleeping on the Astros. 
because their lack of I'm starting sleeping. pitching. And it's I, just they, the injuries. They're a team to me that I feel like might just go out and win it just because everybody says they can't, just because they didn't go get a guy. I had Cubs Astros. Keuchel. Th- those are the kind of teams that scares me when you're just like, they're they're good, they're playing amazing, but there's no way they can win the World Series because they don't have any pitching. They that, need. That's the kind of team that might win it. They need to get healthy. That's, they do need to get healthy. Plain and simple, the answer there is they need to get healthy in order to continue to compete. I mean, outside of that, I would love to see a Red Sox-Yankees series in the postseason. I those could go always, for a Red Sox-Cubs. And cool. I can go Red Sox and Yankees-Cubs. I think those are just historical. Red Sox-Yankees, too. Exactly. Clear. And MLB postseason is fun. And I think the, what we broke this down to be is just a ton of question marks. I don't think it's etched in stone. I don't think the Dodgers are your World Series champions right now. I don't either. Yeah, it's weird. They've just been playing like perfect baseball all year, basically. But, but perfect can be broken. Just look at Rich Hill. This is true. So that is the metaphor we'll leave you with, or the foreshadowing, however you want to look at it. But that is the Sporting Edge this week here at Liberty Talk.fm and AMFM 24-7. Please follow us. Give us a little bit of love. We'll be back next week, everybody. And stay tuned. We will be back with the McGregor win. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.